This is Too Much Movie Night. Join your hilarious host, Brian. All right, all right, all right. JJ. I want to dance. And Steve. What are you looking at? Wipe that face off your head, bitch. Follow along as we dissect, debate, and dish out cinematic hilarity that'll leave you rolling in the aisles. So buckle up, grab your popcorn, and get ready for a movie podcast that's packed with laughs, entertainment, and probably a few bad jokes. This is Too Much Movie Night. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We are here for Too Much Movie Night. It's Matthew McConaughey week. I think that the, the everybody got the movie as soon as you said your first, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was that low-hanging fruit. I had to grab it. I didn't you did. Anybody you else did. Would. I, uh, but then when JJ, JJ took mine, I just want to dance. <laughs> <laughs> there were some other ones, man. There were so many in this movie. Another one that I was really trying to, like the coach, sitting around the pool all day, chasing the muff around, <laughs> chasing the muff around. <laughs> I didn't think that i would have enough time to fit that one in because that one was uh that, that one was probably my favorite that and the uh, the classic you know i get older they stay the same yeah, age yeah, yeah. i was like we might have to two-part that one if someone's gonna squeeze that in yeah oh, well everybody we're so glad you're here to join us it's matthew mcconaughey week jj's win with dazed and confused if you didn't figure out by uh, well the title that you clicked on or all the quotes that we dropped early on <laughs> But yep. I'm excited, so uh, grab the Febreze, um, pack your bongs, we're ready for a great evening. The Febreze? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I <got a> smell. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, break out the, uh, those, uh, the, the, oh my god, the sticks that you burn. The incense? Oh, yes, oh my god. These, yeah, yeah, break out the incense, put on the Pink Floyd. <laughs> and we're going to party, that's for sure. Goodness, wow. Definitely. This is... This is a movie, I feel like it's very, um, we'll put the label of iconic, a well-known movie. Not well enough that I'd seen it, but I've known this, you know, I knew what this movie was about. I knew the quotes about it. Uh, but Steve, you being our, uh, our veteran leader here on the show, what, uh, what were your first introductions to this movie? So my first introduction to this, I, I did not, did not see this in the, in the movie theater. This was like a movie theater flop, I believe, you know, it didn't really oh, do well in the theaters, but, um, uh, one of my best friends in college had this movie on DVD and, he, and the first time we watched it, you know, we watched it together. He, he, he introduced me to it and, and it's a movie that he played. Uh, probably five times a week. Like, oh my god! <laughs> so, so literally, seen this movie hundreds of times, and you know, it was like anytime I'd like go over to his apartment, he was watch. It would be on, and it was just on. It was like because of the, this DVD, that's a, DVD, a VHS tape, right? So he had the VHS, and so it was just constant. It was between this one. Um, there was another basketball movie called Above the Rim uh, and and Point Break, and those were the three <laughs> movies that he had in rotation the whole time. And so, yeah, uh, I've seen it so many times from that point. <laughs> and I guess we're probably going to get into this more while we get through this. But I mean, you being a young lad through most of the seventies, how much, <laughs> how accurate did this like? Was there nostalgia built into this? Did this make you feel like you were in the 70s or just like? 
So, you know, well, I mean, obviously, I, I, you know, don't remember much of the 70s because I was a young lad during that time. Like I say, you know, being born in the 70s. Too much reefer there, clearly. Oh. You know, JJ. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Ass around um, the playground, trading peanut butters for spliffs, you know. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Spot a 10, man. <laughs> but, uh, um, but in order to, so, but I would say that it definitely reminded me of like the 80s you know, and because I could see a lot of these same sort of similarities of, well, you know, when you take that back, like looking at high school in those days, high school in the, in the late eighties, as opposed to the late seventies, there wasn't much of a difference still. And, and this taking place in Texas, kind of where I went to high school and everything too, still kind of growing up that way, you know, going to somebody's house that getting busted, going to having to go somewhere else out in the country in order to have the party, you know, doing that not having any instant communication so it was just like okay we're gonna meet up somewhere and then word spreads through everybody else and so mind-blowing to me mind-blowing here (laughs) as a a gen gen uh where are we millennial jj tell me about your first interaction with this movie uh i it was uh the summer after my freshman year of high school so my dad was like we got to watch a movie sat me down him and i he turned on dazed and confused because he was he was well in 76 he was 16 years old so i mean he was like this is the most accurate accurate representation of my high school years out of any movie i've ever seen in my life he's like that is exactly how it was in amarillo texas man and I was like, no shit. He was like, everybody had it like, maybe not necessarily a badass car, but, you know, had a pretty damn cool car. We'd drive around, you know, smoking pot and drinking beer and hitting on girls. That's what we did until we found where the party was at. This like, might have been the dopest time period for high school parking lots. Like, just every car in this movie. Well, I'm, not, I'm not a car guy at all. I, I couldn't name two of those cars outside of the Beetle. But, like... They were so freaking sweet. Just had to put that in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely but, the era no, I mean, of the muscle car. Yeah, definitely the muscle car era. And it wasn't necessarily that they were even the nicest cars, like I said, but there's some badass cars in this movie. Well, this, uh, I guess for me, my first viewing, we're going to have to go way, way, way back to Monday evening. And <laughs> I turned on the TV, and it was no shit my first. I thought maybe I'd seen scenes of this at some point in my life, maybe catch it on TV. Nope. I actually, I, I didn't 100% know that All Right, All Right, All Right was from this movie. I knew McConaughey said it, but I wasn't sure where. And honestly, if we're being honest, the uh, they I get older, they stay the same age. I thought that line was a Burt Reynolds line from some movie. I totally, like, hearing them both in this movie, I was like, ah, bucket list, check, check. I've heard them both. I know where they're coming from. (laughs) Uh, But this was interesting. I found myself loving and hating throughout this movie. I enjoyed parts of it. I was able to take away, like, what was happening in the movie and, like, what you were seeing as far as the 70s. But, damn, man, this was a uh, a lacking movie in areas, that's for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll get into that after it the trailer. Could How's be, that yes. sound? This country is founded by people who were into aliens, man. George Washington, man, he was in a cult. And the cult was in the aliens, man. You didn't know that? No. 
Oh, man, they were way into that type of stuff. It was the last day of school. Uh, Miss Crawford, I was thinking that maybe you and I can get together over the summer. I mean, it'll be legal. I mean, come on. It was the first day of summer vacation. You guys know anything about a party here tonight? No, sir. It was a time they will never forget. There's a new fiesta in the making as we speak. I thought he was cute. Oh, that's you thought he was cute? Do you realize when he graduated, we were like three years old? If only they could remember it. Okay. So you're not going to go to law school? What do you want to do then? I want to dance. You going to be quarterback next year? I don't know. I might not even play. You're in need of a serious attitude adjustment, young man. Super dominant male in a 50s greaser uniform. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> the 50s were boring. The 60s rocked. The 70s, oh my god, they obviously suck. Dazed and confused, see it with a bud. Behind every good man, there's a woman. And that woman was Martha Washington, man. And every day George would come home, she'd have a big, fat bowl waiting for him, man, when he'd come in the door, man. She was a hip, a hip, hip lady, man. Welcome in movie buffs to the groovy world of Dazed and Confused. Set in the hazy days of May 1976, we find ourselves at Lee High School in Austin, Texas. The scene is set as a new batch of seniors gear up for their time-honored tradition, the freshman hazing frenzy. Amid the antics, we meet Randall Pink Floyd, star football player, who's handed a pledge to steer clear of summer shenanigans and championship dreams. It's a hilarious parade of paddling, proposals, and more as the seniors corral the unsuspecting newcomers. Mustard, ketchup, flour, oh my. Uh, 70s West Texas, huh? or I guess not West Texas, East Texas here. This was a, uh, as you said, Steve, a time and place that you knew pretty well. Yeah, it was so just I, I think like the opening you know the opening scene uh, of this I, I thought was was very interesting you know just I love the song cruising in you know the judge Pickford just Pickford's um uh awesome GTO cruising in just like man that is a sweet ride like what JJ was mentioned earlier that was like my favorite car I think of this whole of the whole movie was his judge but uh yeah it was some good shit this soundtrack too was spec fucking yeah oh like from the opening dude, song yeah the end. this is this is one of the the rare movies that you could legitly play this the soundtrack daily and not get tired of it oh yeah it's a greatest hits album is what it is just you know from that time period, well yeah just smack them all together i thoroughly enjoyed it I well, did. I, was... I did have a question about the trailer to Steve. Did you, Did you ever have to use vice grips, or do you have to use vice grips to zip your pants up? <laughs> Shit was so funny. <laughs> so I didn't. No, I didn't. But then uh, I guess like the it was really interesting. It was like those high waisted bell bell bottoms that they wore back then. They like man, it was like watching that chick like squeeze into them. It was so funny. <laughs> uh, I've I've seen this movie a hundred times, and yeah, it like. 
I always giggle at that. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, it works, but <laughs> yeah, that was really impressive. Elastic. <laughs> Definitely impressive to see that. I was, uh, I, I love the, you know, we got the little pan over in shop class. I was so jealous of that. When I got to high school, I was so excited to like, oh, cool. I'm going to take shop, you know, woodworking. No, I was never offered that shit. I guess, I don't know if it was a time period thing. Lawsuits started happening. Kids were losing fingers, but I was so jealous to be, I wouldn't have been making paddles either. You know, probably birdhouses or something stupid. Too, like, you know, <laughs> dude, we made, so this is crazy. We made paddles and crossbows. In woodshop, in, yeah. in junior high school. Oh my god, <laughs> that was so fucking crazy. I look back on that now. I was like, we fucking made crossbows. <laughs> that was awesome. When, when, when I had woodshop, it was like the first day. Like you know, the the teachers going through like the instruction safety briefing and all this. Like you know, we're not allowed to touch a tool if you have whatever. And last thing he says is. And no making bongs. I know everybody has seen Dazed and Confused. No bongs are to be made in this classroom. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. Didn't get to make a bong, but we made a bunch of other cool shit. That's it was awesome. fun. Yeah, they made it pretty apparent that this movie was going to be very drug-based. You know, we're seeing the the red eyes painted on, you know, George Washington, the mascot, or... Um, you know, the kids over there dropping whatever he is into his mouth. They're all talking about smoking. But I guess after that, yeah, there was a good amount of weed. But I guess I always just pictured so much more drugs involved in this movie than, than we ended up seeing. Really? How come? Just I don't the days like, and confused? Yeah, like you fig- I figured it was going to be some plot around, you know, they found drugs and a drug dealer's chasing them. You know, like something more, you know, directly <laughs> around that. You know, that classic like you know kids stumble upon something they shouldn't find it was probably you know something like that but uh there was no plot to this this was us just watching like <laughs> eight different factions throughout high school and just seeing them work because i couldn't keep the character straight through the very beginning until i saw fat ben affleck i was like is this movie about him is this a mcconaughey movie where's he at Dude. i mean right. it, that's funny it, it is shocking having matthew mcconaughey play that just douchebag asshole the guy that failed freaking high school so he has to retake his senior year over again and he's like you know mr badass in his primed (laughs) primed car oh my gosh (laughs) well we used to joke the primer makes cars go faster (laughs) yeah we we used to always say it added 10 horsepower just just trust me <laughs> that's funny shit um but yeah so i found it you know well you know this is mcconaughey's first movie really and so yeah. you know this is where he this is where he kind of like you know got his got his big break from and so you know to see that to see where he where he is now to where he came from you know to from this is is simply amazing because you know, I thought that he—I mean, obviously he did a good job. Now, whenever I first saw this movie, and I—I uh, I guess I'd seen other another movie with Matthew McConaughey in it before, you know. And mm-hmm. then I was like, "Oh shit, that's McConaughey!" And then you know, you know, now he's just gone on to do fucking everything else. But well, I was actually reading—he was at a bar in Austin while he was attending UT, and went up to grab a beer. And like kind of snuck in between a couple people. Bartender gave him a beer and he says, All right, thank you. And like 
was walking off and it was actually the director was sitting there at that bar stool and was like, hold up, tracked him down in the bar and was like, I need you to come to an audition tomorrow. That's crazy. And he was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, I'm directing a movie. I want to see if you would fit a role that we have for you. And he was like, okay, gave him the time and place and he showed up and obviously got the job. So I heard that he based that character off of his older brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And unfortunately during the, during the making of this movie, his dad died. So they had to stop production to let him, well, no, it was really like his, his dad, his father really died. So they stopped production so he could make arrangements and go to the funeral and everything else. And then get it back on. Well, isn't there that rumor that there's that rumor though, that his real dad's actually, uh, uh, Woody Harrelson's dad. Oh my god! I thought we covered that in like, the white man's kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. There is some kind of rumor about that. That's obviously he's like a, a mass murderer or whatever, a serial killer. He's, yeah, he, yeah he was he was dead. a mob assassin. Yeah, there right. you go. But yeah. <laughs> so I've got to ask. We've got uh, we've got Matthew McConaughey as just the the ultimate stoner, I guess, if you will, in this movie. But I want to reference back to a previous Too Much Movie Night movie, True Romance, where we met Floyd. Who did it better, Floyd or uh, old Matthew McConaughey as uh, old Woody? Floyd, to me. F- Floyd, um, Floyd was the ultimate fucking stoner. McConaughey is, or you know, Wooderson is this is this guy who is just a. He's just not a bright dude. <laughs> and so he's a guy who's like, all right, well, I'm going to go get stoned, but I still need to work. And I, you know, working for the city. I'm here picking up chicks. Floyd just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he was burnt out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man, bring, bring some, what are you saying? <laughs> get some, and some, some toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, get some toilet paper. Yeah, so. Floyd Floyd is definitely like the ultimate stoner of them all. Um Floyd is who I picture Slater turning into, you know, after <laughs> after Slater graduates high school. He's gonna grow up to be a Floyd. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I interesting, like I didn't know anybody like that in high school. I didn't know I mean there we by the time I guess like that. 10 year difference of this i didn't know anybody who would even consider walking around high school with a marijuana leaf on their shirt Hmm. you know i mean that just wouldn't happen and so to see that like that decade difference was was i don't say startling but it was like wow i was like man i can't believe that people did that was that just because of like you know the 60s and the free love and all this other stuff was was pretty recent from there and so they that was still kind of carried over so i was really curious about that you know and and really even people like like leaving out to get high and all kinds of stuff like that honestly i know we had there were a few people but i didn't see a lot of that at all i mean not until college but that was (laughs) that was much later but it wasn't like that way in high school i was really surprised to see high school like that I mean, we, we had, we we had some kids in high school that would leave, and I mean, some kids in high school that would leave and go like smoke, and then we'd have kids that would go drink. We had a lot of kids that went and drank during lunch. 
But, I mean, it really, I mean, that just seemed normal to me. Like, yeah, kids still do that. You have hour lunch on Mondays. Let's go to Wendy's. You go through the Wendy's drive through get like the cheap burger and fries on the dollar menu, and then you go park, you know, down the road and light up. That's what they did. Like, that's what they did. <laughs> Not JJ. JJ was busy in study hall. He was doing that homework. That's right. I'm just stating facts <laughs> Me <too>. in general. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely had the uh, the stoner crowd was huge when I was in high school. We weren't allowed to wear like weed or paraphernalia, anything like that, on like clothes. Yeah. But like the especially me growing up on the beach, like the the surfer skate crew was huge in high school. It was probably like a quarter of of my high school was that that faction, and yeah, most of them were either burnout or on their way to being burnout. Um, so it was fun, made for a lot of well, laughs. You know, these kids were always bouncing and- around doing stupid shit. I also think weed kind of like, you know, went through phases like it was it was really big, you know, 60s and 70s, the 80s. It kind of died down because something else came in and was on the scene Yeah, like heavy coke. So so you say that, right? Because I'm in high school. I do remember I took one class that was in a part of the building that I've really never been to before because our high school was huge. I remember taking this class just because like, I needed some kind of other little little elective, so I took astronomy. I remember sitting in astronomy class, and this dude had like was doing cocaine right in the middle of class, and then spilled it on the floor and was like picking it up with his finger off the floor and then putting it into the mouth. I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell is happening here? Was like, <laughs> what is going on?" Steve, Steve's like, "This isn't the Bible Belt anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we need to leave." It's like, I, I mean, not that I was like an angel in high school or anything like that, but it's like, wow, I was completely blown away. Just, I just didn't. And and there wasn't that much of a crowd that did that, but to see that was just was shocking to me. So that's really crazy. Yeah. Uh oh. Who do we have We're... joining the podcast? Oh, welcome hey, hey, in. Hey fellas. Alisa. There she is. What a moment to walk into. I heard the half end of something about cocaine on the ground in astrology class. Wow. <laughs> astronomy, not astrology. Astronomy, wow. astronomy. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I have been reading a lot of astrology stuff today. (laughs) We're learning about the Pisces and the Gemini's. (laughs) I mean, it's a eight today. It's a big, it's a big thing. Um, Yes. It's opening up the Lionsgate portal. Today is the biggest day to manifest your biggest and wildest dreams for the next year. So I am fucking, I don't necessarily believe in that. So confused. But why not? Days too. Well, oh. that's why I'm confused on my little uh, name thing. You know, um, funny you share that story because when I moved to Texas my senior year, I came from a pretty, uh, a nice little protective bubble, I shall say, from California. And when I moved to Texas, my like second day of school in government, I saw someone do some cocaine off of their book. And I was like, okay, wow, this. You were you were also for me. You were also in a town that was like not nice. Cocaine, cocaine cows. 
cocaine and cocaine accessories. Well, they had to, you know, fill their nose with something that smell out there. That's it. It's the sound of money or smell of money, baby. It's the sound of money. The hills are alive with the sound of money. Okay. So, anyway, so sorry to come in and to, crash the party. To get back to the to the uh, to the movie. I dug so I, I guess probably one of my favorite scenes really is is Parker Posey. Parker Posey, the senior, is just lighting up these girls, you know. All right, bitches. And she's just right. And she is just going nuts up. And she is such a bitch. But she's hilarious. I fucking loved her. I thought she was great in this. Just treating those girls like damn hot dogs. Just trash. all over them. It, it I, 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 I've never been a Parker Posey fan. Her voice just annoys me. Yeah. And so now hearing her getting to be, you know, the top bitch and. It just, fits. I think it fits. I mean, her. it does fit, but it's like, God, shut up. <laughs> like, no, I, I, I don't like her in general. I definitely didn't like her in this movie, but I mean, yeah, she just wouldn't pipe down and I just. I would never hit a woman, but I just wanted to just no. Well, and not to pile onto the ladies here with their voices, but honestly, Joe uh, Joey Lauren Adams, I can't yeah. stand her voice. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've never understood why she gets selected for movies. But uh, yeah, sure enough, yeah. we had to we had to hear her a little bit. <laughs> yes, and I tell you, who really annoyed me, and I don't know why, it was just, and I don't even remember her what her name is. Mitch's sister, Mitch's older sister, right? The one who like pulled the young freshman who's just standing there like hey you come here what's your name and you know and and then like was like okay i'm supposed to be a bitch but i'm gonna be really sweet and not you know and not treat you bad i was just like Bleh. i was like okay now you're just you know you're not even doing what you're supposed to do there <laughs> senior here you are grabbing this 15 year old and you know, and now you're just going to be nice, and then you're going to take this, you know, here's she's a 17, maybe even 18, I don't know. We're going to take this 15-year-old out with us to a party and go whatever else. It was just, ugh. I didn't like the way that she was like, I'm supposed to be bitchy, but I'm not going to be to you. It was hard, too, because, you know, they did that, and then she was mean to him. And then, like, the whole they dropped her off, and she's like, oh, do you want to go to a party with us? Mm -hmm. I I completely thought the seniors were setting these kids up again. I was like, no, dumbasses. They just shit all over you. You think they're going to hang out? But, I mean, sure enough, the intentions there for the party were good. But, like, I just couldn't believe how quickly they were like, oh, yeah, I'll try it again. You know, fool me once. You know, fool me twice. No, damn it. They just shat ketchup and mustard all over you. They just paddled your ass. And the guy and the girl. Would, I, I don't know. But, yeah, when, when the pink fucking takes Mitch and just like, uh, yeah, again, same thing. I'm supposed to be a dick to you because I'm going to be a senior and you're going to be a freshman. But, you know, it's co I'm going to be cool. You want to hang out with us and we're going to go to a party and you're a cool dude. Your sister's a senior, so we're going to treat you. you know, well, we, we already paddled your ass. I was like, oh, come on. I fucking hated Mitch in this movie. I did. He is the worst. His little, uh, uh, Oh, nose. yeah, that. <laughs> God, he's such a jerk. God, God. 13 times he did that in that one Did yeah. you count? <laughs> it's like, I did. Oh, my God. It's like, 13 uh, times. Uh, I was so, fuck, I was so constantly annoyed by his uh, touch. And, and every time I watch this, every time I've seen this movie, that just, I've stopped watching this movie because that alone has annoyed the fuck out of me. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
You want to take us to see if take we can us find to some, something Alyssa. big in this movie? Here we go. Here we go. As daylight gives way to night, our attention shifts to freshman Mitch Kramer, master of escape from the hazing hurricane, until he's caught in a paddling storm after a baseball game. Meet Fred O'Banion, a seasoned senior with a paddle and a passion for punishment. But fear not. Her pink rides to the rescue, offering Mitch a night of cruising coolness. Plans for a killer keg party hit a snag, and the intellectual trio, Cynthia, Tony, and Mike, decide to jump headfirst into the night's chaos. Meanwhile, Pink and his buddy David Wooderson take Mitch on a wild ride to the Emporium, the ultimate teenage hangout. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny. But it, the, so. Fucking Ben Affleck is, you know, Oban. What a dick, you know. And he just him wanting to like prove himself to be a bad badass, right? His character, I, again, I fucking hated him too, right? But, I did too. What was his problem? Like uh, you're just pissed off because he was failing, right? Or he's oh. <laughs> I was like, am I talking too loud? No. no. Little syndrome? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. That's what I've always leaned towards is that he's he's dealing with some little dick. Little brains and little dick because he fails well, you know, bad his senior year in high school. But I don't know. I, I've i always hated O'Banion. I always see him and I'm like, fuck that guy. You know? Well, I think it's because the, I know guys like that. Right. I, yeah. I knew guys like that who, who I don't not that they have a, not they had a chip on their shoulder, but it's almost like I got to show everybody that I'm a badass. And so I'm going to go above board and trying to be a badass and, and do that stuff. Man, annoying as shit. But how badass are you literally picking on eighth graders? That's, I mean, him, him like, getting the shotgun pulled on him is like, the greatest moment. Well, the second greatest moment in the movie. Like, he's freaking the fuck out. But then he com- he composes himself pretty well. I mean, I don't know. If it were me, I'd be like, holy fuck, getting the hell out of here. I'm not going to stay and talk shit at all. Like, so he does have some balls. He has more balls than brains. But <laughs> but he loved that. He loved the shotgun getting pulled on him. Because now that's a story that I can go tell everybody else. Dude, did yeah. you hear? I got the shotgun pulled on me. And, you know, it was like, oh, okay, right? So, you know. He, when they're he, at the car wash. Yeah, when they're at the car wash and he comes walking up. And the first thing out of his mouth is, you're going to fucking shotgun pulled on me? It's like. Yeah. Here's old boy talking about himself again. You know? Yeah. It's like. Creating his own chaos, which is also his own entertainment. I, like I, I love it. I love it at the very beginning. He pulls up to the school, put, pulls out the, the megaphone, or talking through the CB, and he's like, listen up, you freshman fucks. <laughs> like, just yells at it. And, like, all the teachers are, like, in their classroom. They hear it. And the science teacher just starts fucking cracking a smile. Jeez. Yeah, then, and then he just starts fucking laughing. His, <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's seen some shit. Don't fuck and with it. It just makes guy. me wonder, like, at what point did this, I guess, quote unquote, tradition finally end? Because obviously he went through it, and he remembers, you know, getting his ass beat and beat the hell out of other freshmen, and then I don't know that the science teacher actually um, went, went through, through it. it. 
because oh, that yeah. smile I mean, on his face he remembers he remembers <laughs> he liked it a lot. i think, oh, I he think was he's just... thinking you little shits i've had you all year now you're gonna yeah. get it and i'm yeah. gonna laugh <laughs> you about de- it you deserve what you get and that's what it is right so let's talk about let's talk about pickford <laughs> and his keg party is the getting getting the shit it's like he's the only guys... one that has parents that give a shit too None of these other parents give a shit. And Pickford is the worst. He is a fucking terrible dude, right? He's just like, he's like lying. He's obviously a spoiled kid. He's got, he's driving the judge. He's got Mila Jovovich as a, as a girlfriend. Mila? Mila? Yeah. Mila? Mila. But you know, that, Mila? I don't know. But yeah, that's his girlfriend. You know, he is a spoiled son of a bitch. (laughs) Well, was he, when the kegs got, delivered but not delivered like was he footing the bill for that because there were at least four kegs he on sells that. weed he's got some coin oh. which my question when did this shit happen i didn't know we could have kegs delivered to your house like <laughs> why didn't we have this shit going on in college well so 76 was the drinking age 18 was 18. or was it yeah it was yeah so wasn't hard to buy and obviously we see mitch roll into the well first off he's talking to that pregnant lady i love this scene (laughs) she's buying milk and cigarettes and he's like yeah don't take too much of that dairy and it could mess with that baby (laughs) and hands her the cigarettes she's like thanks and walks out (laughs) 70s for you yeah back in those days it, it didn't matter i remember like walking to the walking to the convenience store from my house to buy my dad cigarettes. He would like give me money. Here you go. I was in sixth grade, walked to the store with money and a note from my dad saying, Yeah, hey, I want cigarettes. Sell them cigarettes. <laughs> like, a note. Sell me cigarettes. That's what it was. It was like that nobody gave a shit, you know? And so. On the back of a receipt, sell my son cigarettes. <laughs> scribble, scribble, scribble. And here yeah. comes the six year old. What? <laughs> Yes, absolutely <laughs> true. But anyway, okay. back to old Pickford. Uh, back to old, so Pickford's dad. Right, the the he gets busted. The kegs. I love his like, honey. Unpack. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> Stan, dude. Okay, so would you have gotten to leave the house that night? Fuck uh, no. Yeah. First what? off, you were gonna throw a party while your parents were out of town. Strike one. Strike two. Your room definitely smells like weed. Definitely. Strike three. A little bit. You just canceled their vacation. Oh my god! Ooh, my yeah. ass. My ass would be grounded for the whole summer. Oh man. <clears throat> uh, are we ready for three? I think we better. <laughs> Alyssa, take us there. Ladies and gentlemen, grab your bell-bottoms, because the night is alive with rockin' music, teenage cruisin', and midnight munchies at the local drive-thru. Sparks fly as Mitch connects with Julie Sims, and Pink's crew introduces him to the green wonders of the world. But beware. Mailbox baseball sparks a showdown with a trigger-happy neighbor, and Mitch and his middle school crew plot the ultimate revenge on O'Banion, culminating in a paint-flinging spectacle that's a true masterpiece of teenage rebellion. That was very, very well said. Very well said. Well, well read. Thank you. Thank you. Nice job, Alyssa. A little pizzazz into it. So, but when Mitch gets 
caught. Are we past that? Mitch gets caught? I don't know. Again, yeah, because Mitch gets caught, and then Pink is nice to him, and then they go out for the party and the stuff, right? <clears throat> because that's where we meet. We meet Wooderson, and Wooderson with his, hey, man, you got to join on you. <laughs> It'd be should really cool be, if you did. Should be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> you know, so, like, great. The amount of times you've said that, and I'm like, it's got to be from a stoner movie. I just don't know which one. <laughs> that I said that? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, that you've never you've heard. a road you? trip, and like, you asked me to pass you something, and like, hey, you got any chips back <laughs> there, man? Should be a lot cooler if you did. You'd be giggling, and I'd laugh along, too, but I had no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Here I am quoting fucking Matthew McConaughey days ago. Yeah. Like, oh, what a nerd. Right. Is that Seth Rogen? No. <laughs> Did you hear that on like Family Guy? Then? <laughs> right. That's actually one of the first time I heard the, uh, they get, I get older, they get the same age. It was on Family Guy, actually. Oh my God. That's funny. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> but so they go to the Emporium. Now, I have a question. Did you guys have any kind of hangout like this at all in in these high school or even like into your early college days? The Emporium. No, nope, the only thing we had was a Sonic parking lot and an O'Reilly's parking lot. And that was <laughs> that was about it. That's if we Sonic. wanted to drink if we wanted to drink, we would go across the street to the elementary school parking lot where you could park your vehicle and sit in the cab and drink while everybody else was hanging out over there wow at the elementary school nobody ever pulled up i don't know i don't know how we got away with it thinking back yeah we were fucking idiots but anyway <laughs> cops are hammered in the parking lot next door so you know they didn't give a shit oh boy <laughs> but yeah we did have a uh, it was like a 16 and older club uh when i was uh living in virginia I wouldn't say a lot of people went to it. There were a good handful that went to it, but uh, outside of that, yeah, we were, we were big parking lot people. You know, you always had to bounce because Walmart would inevitably send like the security over there, break up the huddle in the back of the parking lot. So then you move to the auto zone and then Cracker Barrel was closed out. So you head over there and, you know, it was just moving around the strip mall. It's kind of what it was, you know, trying to find somewhere where you could hang out, but not get in trouble. Yeah. Mm. What about in, uh, in big ripping? Oh, big old ripping. Um, Ripon. Or, or Herford. Ripon. Okay, well, Herford was more of uh, my rebellious time and party oh, time right. versus I was a pretty good girl uh, in California. But we definitely hit up the Sonic. That was actually, I have never been in a fight. I am not a fighter. Long story short, there was a girl that hated me when I moved there. And I waved at her eight-year-old sister while they were at Sonic. And I was at Sonic with my sister, who is like 12 years old. She got out of her truck and tried to punch me in the face. And I felt her fist. And she was fucking strong. Okay, she was ripped. I felt her fist, the air, zoom past me. And I, I skedaddled. I ran like a little bitch. I got in my car. <laughs> I left, and then I went to the stadium, which that's where we hung out was, I don't know why, but just at the football stadium. And then she, like, followed me there and harassed me, and that's just a whole different story. But in one story, yes, Sonic and the stadium, those were the spots. In California, it was more so, like, in the middle of an orchard. 
Definitely. Orchard parties. They called it hanging out at the burning bush. You know, all the private school kids. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, burning. we did like have a, like, like burn pile school. parties. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. So calm down. Okay. I did I mean, find it incredible. Well, I was going to say, we, we, we had our random fields. Like high school, too, with burning bush. <laughs> we're about to, we're actually about to meet one. Cut that. <laughs> too much <laughs> but i did find it hilarious how like yeah there's drive i almost yeah there's drive through drive up food place like it was the watering hole like if you wanted like you go hang out with your friends for a bit and to find out where the rest of the party was you would meet up and it seemed like this communal area hey we're going here next and then you drive off with another set of friends and then you'd all well, yeah there were no cell phones exactly. i mean what does call the house phone to say hey there's a party here what does no what, way. Uh, what does Gaparzo, uh the guy from saving uh private ryan what's his name oh the black hair dude the one that wants to dance yeah mike. the guy that wants to dance mike. mike mike yeah like mike says he's like oh not like we're chasing after alcohol and now we're eating like artery clogging cheeseburgers to fit in with the normal or the norm of the you know high school american like oh like you know he's getting all political about it but then he like bites into the burger and he's like damn that's good you know just <laughs> well that's what when i was in high school we had this so we did it we called the drag right and it was and that's what everybody did and and you had this one parking lot that everybody sort of circled in the in this one for that was this strip mall and then you you would drive out Get on the road, haul ass, make a right, go up another like haul ass with this a long road, and then you would turn into another parking lot, turn around, and you just kept doing that. That was cruising the drag, and it was a long one. It was long, and at either end of it, the parking lot is where people would congregate. Now along the way, there was a Whataburger, and the oh, Whataburger, nice. you would pull into the Whataburger, mm -hmm. and. And you know, some people would be in the Whataburger, you know, eating, and but that's but the ends of the each end of the drag is where the communications and the Whataburger is where the communications happened. People would pull through, hey, party over here, party over there, everywhere, you know. But that's where that's where the word was passed, and usually it was interesting because well, out in West Texas, uh, in the deserts of West Texas, there was you know. If a party was happening or somebody was like, all right, hey, we're going to the pump jack <laughs> because there was hundreds of pump jacks out there. So you would just it was like we're going to this pump jack off of this place. And then you just drive out to the to the desert. And What's a find, pump jack? Is that like a gas say, station? Let the audience know oh, I'm sorry. What the hell a pump jack so is. a pump jack <laughs> is like if you if you look at a picture of West Texas, you see this this. This thing that looks like a it's a like an iron oh. horse that goes up and down, and that pump, though after an after an oil well is drilled, they put a pump jack on there to pump the oil up, and so okay, yeah, that shit stinks. There's hundreds of pump jacks out in the country, all over the place, and so we would go to a pump jack to have a get together a party because the house the house got busted the cops would come or whatever so everybody would take the beer and just drive out to a pump jack and then we'd hang out at that pump jack until that finally got busted maybe it'd be a week or two and then we'd move to another pump jack or something like that 
That's and crazy. So because there were so many, and they were only they were they were always accessible by dirt mm-hmm. roads and what they call caliche roads. But anyway, um, but all that word was passed at those at those places. So watching this and seeing, hey, party at the Moon Tower, you know, that was kind of the fucking same way that that like word was passed to everybody, you know. Um, about where everybody was going. And then you may be cruising the drag with somebody and then you're getting out, you know, you're hanging out with other people there at the little turnaround spots. And then somebody's like, oh, the party here is you just get to hop in a car with anybody else and then go to the party. And That's badass. And so that's just how it was, you know, it was crazy. Watching so, okay. Again, maybe like, man, that's just, yeah, that was so much like that. I, I do have a question because this is something I've never really understood but i really like caught it in the past two or three times i watched it is like yeah you know, like they're talking about the oh yeah party got busted but we're having a beer bust later what the fuck is a beer bust i have no fucking idea oh i thought it was a beer bust like what we did for Alyssa's 21st where you just get a big ass bus and you're drinking beer on it <laughs> well i mean that could be but i didn't know what was going on like he was like yeah i might have a beer bust later and it's like I don't I, I we never had that terminology. I don't know. The only thing I could picture was like, hey, we're gonna bust open a bunch of beers, right? We're gonna we got all the beer, we're gonna go bust it out. Bust out the beers kind of thing. So beer bust I don't know. That's just I that's really just kind of it, it was beer bust. Like I remember actually so back when I was in school, um, acid mushrooms started becoming you know, rolling through my high school a bit and kids would trip, but when they would trip is like school buses were parked in all the parking lots. They would actually go, we'd go in through the roof of the bus and oh. they would trip inside the bus so that they were oh. safe, contained somewhere. And then the sober person just sit, would sit on the top and just kind of babysit. Like a but, magical oh mystery, God. the magical mystery bus. It's Mrs. Frizzle taking you on another trip. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. They saw the iguanas, but like, I, that's one they kept saying beer bus. I really thought they said beer bus. And I was like, all right, maybe they just go into the school campus and sit on the school bus and drink or no yeah, yeah no beer bust so that's what it was just hey we're just gonna throw it out here beer bust here we're gonna bust it open boom at this place yep. so that's what mm. it was but yeah that's dictionary makes sense. says it's a boisterous party without woo nice <laughs> but so the, the well, mailbox baseball that's exactly where i was gonna get to go for it jj I can neither confirm nor deny that that actually happens. <laughs> Which is you confirming. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. I, I, I never confirm, said a thing. I can confirm that it actually has happened in the past. I haven't seen it. Luckily, I have never, I haven't seen it in a 20, 30, 40, <laughs> a long time. <laughs> but, but yes, so it has I happened. I guess I, I, I guess a form of hazing that we used to do would like anytime like a new guy would coming out with us be like, yeah, dude, we're gonna go hit mailboxes with baseball bats. Do you want to go? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So he'd get in the car and we'd be like, all right, this one's yours. And he'd get out very first mailbox to go to hit it with this aluminum baseball bat, and it would just send shockwaves up <laughs> up the bat, and they'd be like, oh my god, like freak the. I used to love Sounds doing so that. that that's why you have was, brick that's why they would brick up the mailboxes <laughs> yeah that's like we, we always knew which neighborhoods to go to so because a lot of the neighborhoods started moving to, to brick mailboxes and, and i always heard of this being a thing 
you know, me and my friends, or I never heard of it, like, when I was in school, but, God, I related so hard. What's the young kid, Mitch, right? Yeah. I related to him so much in this scene, because that was me. I was along with, eh, not the bad kids, but, like, the kids I hung out with, obviously, we did questionable things when we were in high school. Shit that I wouldn't do nowadays. But I was always fucking Mitch. When we were doing something we weren't, we weren't supposed to, I always found myself to be last, so maybe I could get out of doing it at all. But then it finally became my turn, and, like, the peer pressure hits. You have to fucking do it. And then what do you do? You break somebody's fucking, you know, their back window out of the car. <laughs> or you go to hit the mailbox, and it breaks the mailbox, goes flying through the house, and kills the, you know, the family parrot or something like that. Like, that was fucking me. And I hated being in these situations. Because I always knew, inevitably, I was going to be the one that getting fucked because the cards totally just play you. it that way. Oh, totally. right. oh, yeah. Not just high school, college. I don't know college. about high school. I can confirm college. Right? Ten guys peeing on the wire, the electric fence, I'm the one that gets shocked. It's just how it oh, works, you know? Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's not a point of, like, that's just you being six. dumbass. There's no other reason to that, just you being fucking stupid. We could do a lot of stupid stories. But JJ, that's you yeah. were a part of that stupid with me. I don't even want to break into half the shit that we did. No, and we won't. Yeah, not recorded. Because this podcast is broadcast all over the place. Apple, yeah. Spotify, YouTube. We don't want those people knowing about that stuff. Yeah. But we want you, listener. We want you. But, so let's talk about... So, oh, so go ahead, please. Well, I, I was just going to say, like, of, of all the dumb shit that we did, never once did I have a homeowner follow or somebody follow and fucking pull a gun. Much less shoot, you know, like mm-hmm. that would be wow. fucking nerve wracking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it interesting that like this movie, so watch Days and Confused, and I remember watching an older movies with my dad, like, uh, oh my God, I'm trying to remember this one of like, you know, it was like American Graffiti, I guess, right? So American Graffiti oh, yeah. was about like, you know, in the 50s. Like them, like high school in the 50s, cruising in cool cars, driving the drag, stuff like that. I don't remember if there's any kind of like movie like that about the 60s, but then about there is this one about the 70s. Same thing. Like I don't think about the 80s. You know, the 80s movies were like the, um, you know, the John Hughes movies. That's where you get like the the Breakfast Club and stuff like that. Uh, You know, Ferris Bueller. And you start to, you know, you almost start to see this. And I think like... You know, this movie, I think, was made as sort of like an anti, the anti-John Hughes movie yeah. in a lot of ways. You know, of like, hey, all right, well, let's, this isn't what high school's like. High school's not this, yeah, there are segments and culture and stuff, but like, but let me show you what, like, high school's really like. And I kind of appreciated that, you know, I think from that standpoint. And one thing I initially related this movie to was, honestly, my generation's days confused, and that's super bad. Like, that's yeah, what this movie is. Right. It's a coming-of-age movie. It's a 24-hour snippet of usually the last days of high school, something like that. And it's, like, that movie is so relatable to me. And I think that's where my appreciation for this movie came because, there, you know, there's not a whole lot of great nuggets that come from this other than McConaughey's, you know, iconic lines. But the appreciation you can see for, all right, this was the generations that came prior to me. And, like, this is how they hung out and this is what they did prior to you know, the takeover that we saw with, you know, music and MP3 players and cell phones and just TV and video games. Like, y'all didn't have shit. Like, y'all right. didn't have anything to do. That's why you're breaking into alcohol. Like, 
doing drugs. That's and you know that I I love that you brought that right the super bad thing, which made me think of like okay maybe there's a Fast Times at Ridgemont High. The, that yeah. movie about high school from like the eighties. There's not really anything from the night that I can remember. Maybe there is, but something like from the night. But definitely the super bad kind of brings that in. Yeah. But I, I go ahead. Also, I'm thinking that movie is it called Project X, where they have oh, like God, that big. House that would party be. And that would be like Jackson's our college. Generation. Yeah, our college. Yeah, years. I wasn't saying that was nineties, but just maybe along the maybe lines. the movie House Party. With kid and play <laughs> would be a big one from the nineties. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that one. But I can't think of any kind of like high school themed movie from the nineties of like you know that sort of. I, I I just can't think of one. Maybe there is, but no. I'm interested. I mean, I feel like that's where you kind of have like that. clueless. What yeah, that's what I was thinking. <sighs> Maybe like that mm. style. Because we, we had a mm. lot of those. Like, what is it like? Can't buy me love. Ten things I hate about you. Yeah, like a lot can't of buy me love. Stuff. Maybe can't buy me um, love would but would be one. That would be one definitely. Yeah. Which, which fucking I love. I, I actually love, like that movie a lot. Yeah. Like some great fucking names in this movie, but like it's crazy to think how early it was. Like yes, mm-hmm. they weren't who they are. Who I like? Who I would have known. So I guess it would have been interesting seeing this at a younger age. You know, having more Before exposure to were... some of these actors. Because I know them as who they are when I saw them, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Whereas this, hell, they're still sprouting peach fuzz on half their face. You know, like, this yeah. is this is early. Like, to yeah. see, like, Parker Posey now, uh, then, as opposed, you know, to so, some stuff that I've seen her in now, is like, because I remember her from this, you know. And like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I saw her this, uh, you know, uh, what do you, what'd you call her, like, Adams, right? Whatever her name is, I forget. Joey, something. Joey, Adams. Joey, yeah, Joey Adams, right? You know, and because she was really big at about this time, you know, doing a bunch of other movies with, you know, I remember Bio with or Biodome, Biodome, oh, Polly Shore, Shore <laughs> you know, that, hey, so, Bahi, Bahi. you know, her uh, chasing chasing Amy, I think, you know, so she was part of that, you know, but but her doing a lot of that stuff, um, but even you know, interesting. Renee Zellweger, I don't know if you saw, was in this movie. She was too. uncredited, yeah. Uncredited mm-hmm. as like this mm. girl walking by, you know, who's getting eyeballed by. You just, it was so amazing to see like a lot of these characters and actors that go through this stuff. And I love the fact about, sorry, I don't know, trying to dominate, but, but even <laughs> like, um, you know, the guy that played Pickford and then the guy that played Pink, that they actually had a fight. Oh. Yeah. During in like during the filming, that had to be broken up by by link letter, and he broke him up, which caused then the whole ending to change, because Wooderson wasn't supposed to be in the ending. It was supposed to be Pickford, okay. but because oh. of their fight, they mm-hmm. completely changed the ending of that, and now Wooderson had a bigger role than uh, than than what he actually was supposed to have. So I found that fascinating too. That is very interesting because a bit ago, and I thought about this in the movie, I'm like, where the hell is McConaughey? You know, Brian and I were kind of talking. He was waiting for McConaughey to be really young and almost unrecognizable because it takes us so long to see him. Yeah. And the category of this week is McConaughey movies. So it's almost questionable. Is this actually a McConaughey movie or is it just a movie where – you can now appreciate his role in it because of who he is and it becoming iconic and quotable. And then well, hearing what you just said, 
would it even be a McConaughey movie at all? If you, I think, I think it definitely would because just like Steve said earlier, this was his first movie. This is, this was his break into Hollywood. And it's not memorable without him. Like his lines. Yeah. Like I mean, I, said, I know these lines. And I he owns, yeah, he owns the most quotable parts of the movie. Like that's Matthew McConaughey. The only other lines that I can think of through this movie that McConaughey is not involved in, or I want to dance, or, or or Slater, honestly, Slater, <laughs> Slater, anything Slater says. I never but get shotgun, man. Man, his his whole speech about aliens and George Washington and behind every Martha. good man there's a good woman and that woman is Martha Washington. <laughs> but I think I think that like um you know but but even like Wooderson's speech at the very end wasn't supposed to be his speech, you know? Yeah. And then him driving off to or them driving off to go get Aerosmith tickets. That wasn't supposed to be him. Uh, you know, and so I thought that was like really really kind of fascinating, but but I do like I, I do like how they changed it, which we'll we'll get to that later though. I don't wanna Well Alyssa, you wanna take us to four so we can wrap it up then? Sure do. Wrap it up. As the Emporium's doors close, the party's just getting started. Our intellectual trio crashes the keg party under the moonlight and things get a little toasty between Tony and freshman Sabrina Davis. But the real fireworks come as Mike takes a stand against tough guy Clint Bruno leading to a showdown that's more tumble than tango. And speaking of standoffs, Pink faces off with Coach Conrad over a pesky pledge, proving that individuality is the name of the game. As night turns to dawn, Pink and his crew light up on the football field until the cops crash the party. Fear not, for Aerosmith tickets await, and Pink and company set off for rock and roll glory. But our story doesn't end there. As the sun rises, we find Mitch, Julie, and a hint of fog hat, while Pink, Wooderson, Slater, and Simone hit the open road on a quest for Aerosmith. What a way to wrap it up. I'm not to jump straight to the end, but off to get some Aerosmith tickets. A better way to end a movie that takes place in the 70s? I don't think so. I do have a question here. So three-quarters of this movie, uh, well, half the movie, once you finally see Wooderson, dude's a creep. He's an old guy, doesn't even be hanging out with these young kids. He makes these very creepy comments. But as we see it develop, now hold on before you jump all over me, he's not he's not clawing and picking at all of these girls. He's not obviously going after just like these, you know, the stereotypical hot ones. He, we only ever actually see him get somebody's number. He's respectful for the most part. Like, he helps out the guys in the fight. Like, is he really that bad of a guy? Like, he helps them out with the party. He's, he he's actually money. a gentleman. I he's mean, through the whole yeah. thing. He's a good dude. He's a I, good I, buddy. I don't think I, I ju- rush to judgment, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's, it, the, it, it, he's the guy buying them the beer. He's the yeah. <laughs> but he's also, like, I think he was... Floyd, he was pink in high school where, you know, he was he was like the football hot shot and he didn't think the hazing thing was that cool. So he took it on, like took it easy on the freshman and maybe the freshman that he, you know, didn't paddle bank yeah. was 
maybe that was Pink. Maybe Pink and him, that's mm, how they got point. their connection. And he was like, you know. So what Mitch is going to have that same respect for for Pink when, you know, four years from now when Pink is yeah. still hanging out with the high school kids. <laughs> Could be. I mean, that that's the only thing I could think is like, that's why he does that. But, I mean, you also have to think about probably what was a hot topic at the time, conformity. You know, like, you, you don't want to conform to the man or the machine or anything like that. You want to be your own you can person. Be cool like me. Yeah. So you know, I've been thinking about going back to community college, but I'm working for the city. Put a little change in my pocket. Might as well enjoy your life as a younger person, as long as you can until you turn thirty, and then it's just fucking weird. Actually, twenty three, and then it's all really weird. Okay, propose to this guy. Propose to this guy. I found that like. Just like what they were saying, like, that's so degrading, right? And weird. Also, yeah. like, what? where should you draw the line in where you cross your own boundaries for yourself because you're trying to be accepted or because you want to fit in? And that was the part, I think, about the hazing that I had to get over it because I'm like, this just doesn't make sense that seniors would be hazing freshmen incoming right? Like you're still a baby. You are still in eighth grade. And I just felt like it's because what is that? What's the deeper part of that? Um, but it's obviously like, like and his obsession with spanking, like, right. But I'm thinking when this movie, came maybe that's out, why JLo left the first time, <laughs> but now she's back. So you're doing something right. I think now she's also got the booty to handle it. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Made in Manhattan. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, sorry to break up your. Well, I don't even thing know what I was saying anymore. <laughs> That's my fault. That's <laughs> okay. I think too you have the the complication of like this is also portrayed as you know the mid seventies where we weren't as progressive even like back then you know gender roles were a lot more strong with what they were True. you know misogyny and all that kind of stuff was acceptable I don't want to say what it was but yeah it was a lot more prevalent you know like we, we, yeah we saw it more often in this so like I think you just even add in that little faction to it like where we feel it's gross like it was even less gross. Well, when it was I mean, actually, ha you know, like you, you even know, have the, the conversation of Tony, like with Tony and Mike when they're like, why, like, why are we even doing this? Like, can't believe the whole town accepts this. They're even selling concessions to this. Like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? What? Like, how is this going on? But I mean, yeah, like they, Tony and Mike are like the most, well, and I, I can't remember the red hair uh, girl's name, Chelsea. but Cynthia. Cynthia, Cynthia. Cynthia. I mean, they're definitely, like, the most progressive people in the movie. Like, yes. they are... But they're also, like, the extreme leftists, too. Like, they right. may be more yeah. cl closer to the center, but they also play more into that, you know, the man and, like, the um, conspiracy. You know, they, they play more into that, more of the extremism on the left, which, you know, also, this is this is Texas. I mean... This is an Austin of 2010 where the hipsters took over. So, like, this mindset in Austin wasn't normal. True. <clears throat> well, I would say, like, so by the time I was, you know, high school, college, 
Austin was become was already the uh, how blue hub. Yes, yeah, kind of like the 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 liberal part of Texas, right? That was already mm-hmm. Austin. And San Francisco in the entire state yeah. of Texas. Yeah, it was. And so and and so you know, so to see these people, I could I could totally see how that could be, you know, even during the 70s, right? Just a small fraction and how that kind of grew into stuff of like again, why are we doing this shit? All right. So we got to talk about the fucking the moon tower. The whole moon tower party. And obviously Clint and uh you know Mike Mike getting in the fight with Clint. What was up with that shit? Was Clint just it was being him finally a, boiling was he over? Just, was Clint just a dick? Yeah, Clint's a douche, and the other guy was boiled over. He was like, "I'm tired of putting up with these damn high school kids conforming to their bullshit and all their traditions. I'm gonna fuck them up." All right, Clint, you got fucking other problems. You got other issues, bro. If that's what you're gonna fucking fight about, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Dad comes home a little too sauced up and takes it out on you, bud. But we need to fucking <laughs> shit. move on. Oh shit. <laughs> Which again, I think he deserved. Because yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you can't sucker just fucking walk up, sucker punch somebody like that just because they're talking shit to you and sh- you know, being a douche, being a dickhead. You know, you're gonna go sucker punch somebody, but then yeah, you you deserve to get your ass beat. Yeah, yeah. he definitely or, did, and I'm glad it happened. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess I, I, I mean, I guess jumping to the ending of this movie. We didn't have a whole lot of a plot, so this, yeah, this wrapped up pretty quick. The party ended, the sun's up. You know, they're hopping in the car, driving off. With the Like, I don't know, it was appropriate. I feel like I didn't need a lot to wrap this up. There wasn't a whole lot going on, so I was okay writing it out, essentially, on the uh, on the soundtrack. You know, like, that's what we had, and that was, you know, the best part of this movie. So, so let me ask you sunset. this. Usually, like, you watch movies, some of the entertainment value, whatever. What was the point of this movie? We have asked ourselves this a few times. Yeah. But not in a, like, negative way. But just, and that's how we kind of stumbled upon, like, well, it's kind of like super bad. Because really, what was the point of that? But in that, I feel like there was, it was more defined. Last two weeks, we're trying to get to this party and be the cool guys to provide alcohol and get our pee in that vagee and, you know, the whole thing. Versus this was a little bit more loosey goosey, I felt like. <gasps> Gonna be the this... Iron Chef of Pound and Vage. Long <laughs> <laughs> movie to quote. I do love, love that movie. Yeah, I fucking <laughs> love it. Once again, it goes back to people like before they were famous. And I know we already hit on that, but I love movies like that. Going back and watching an old movie where that actor really had to give it their all because they weren't just Sandra Bullock and Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Aniston. You know, you had to prove yourself. You had to audition just like every other person did. I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's no plot to follow, but it was kind of relaxing in the sense of it's just like, here's some shit happening. That's all it is. Like, Here's a little snippet. But, I mean, it's... It was kind of like my mind doesn't have to like, well, what's going on over here? What's going on over there? I can yeah. just sit here and watch this and enjoy it. Brian, what? did you just change your name tag or did I just notice that? Do I changed it. a little bit ago. Do it. Jeez. <laughs> <Doing my stuff. laughs> on that note. All right. Anyways, to distract and to wrap it up, we talked about other movies that were like this. And I know this is maybe a loose connection, but... 
kind of gives me grease vibes, but grease is obviously grease. way better. Just but giving you that snippet into what a high schooler's life is, what that really looks like. And when they drive away to go get their tickets, and then in Greece, when they drive away into the sky, I just, for me, I'm like, well, these moments kind of connect. I liked it. That's awesome that you compared this to Greece. Greece is way better. No one mistake that I'm comparing these two as good quality and in, in, in the same column, but... Yeah. Well, on that note, we need to wrap it up and bring you folks to your favorite part of the podcast. That is our too much meter. This is the NASA calibrated. We got everybody important, all these scientific organizations coming in and they test the credibility and God damn it. They know we get it right here at too much movie night. So we're going to break down these films. We're going to break it down on our slice meter. It is a zero to eight slice scale. A zero slice movie is going to be, it's going to be holding onto a chain link fence while you got old chubby Ben Affleck beating you from behind. And you know what? An eight slice movie is going to be a little high, maybe a little drunk, a little tipsy, chilling in that sweet ass GTO driving off with your friends. All right, all right, all right. JJ, this was your movie, so we're going to give you honors here. You going first, last, or somewhere in the middle? We're going to take number one. Darkness off. I love to see it. Give me I that mean, first slice, JJ. This is a movie that uh, I first watched in high school, like I said, with my dad, who will say it is so historically, historically accurate, it's not even funny. He's like, that's what we did in high school. That's great to see that, yeah, we raised hell just like y'all did. You just had better cars. I mean... Basically, that's what it was. The cast is great. It is so quotable that everybody knows it, even if they don't know it. It's like Brian said, I didn't know. I thought that was Burt Reynolds making that quote. Well, nope. That was old Maddie, Maddie McConaughey, which is who we're celebrating this week. But, I mean, I love this movie. Um, I've watched it a hundred times. I've just enjoyed it every time. There is no plot. There's nothing to really go off. It, it's just a good, I had a hard week. Let's shut my brain down and watch Dazed and Confused kind of movie. Would I watch it every night? No. Would I watch it once a week? Probably not. But, hey, if I see it randomly on there, I'm going to watch it. That's why I'm giving it five slices. Five slices, JJ. I like it. Being bold, jumping out there, giving his movies good scores, of course. That's what JJ does. No, kidding. I like it. Five slices. Um, I'll go next. Volunteer to go next, Steve. You yes, go I'll go Whoa. next. You're volunteering so, to go next, not last. Yes. Oh, I can't go last because we called him out for going last too many weeks. He's trying <laughs> to offset the group. Yep. Be different. I'll go next. Last week after I win this week. Um, oh. <laughs> because we know because we know Brian won't. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Shut up on a middle bit of a losing streak. <laughs> so. I, you know, really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this movie. Definitely a a classic. When I look back at my at my old college days, and you know, remember this, uh, remember this movie definitely with some fondness. Um, this I would say this movie grow grows on you, but it 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 grew on me for a long time. You know, and it, and it is a movie that you can continuously. I think that you can continuously watch this, and and a good movie night movie to do that, to, especially to see like where these actors like 
these famous actors of how they were early on and then to like okay wow where's this person now what what are they doing now i think is is simply amazing um this movie has so many quotable moments incredible how many how many quotes that have become iconic and although not a a um uh, uh a box office you know hit definitely this cult following and and that has grown I would say ever since that time, um, you know, especially VHS, it really kind of took off and, and then DVDs, everything else. So um, I agree 100% with JJ. I'm right there with you, sir. This is a five slice movie all the way. You know, not to break anything up, but the director said he didn't make any money off of this movie. Hmm. He signed away all of his rights to it just to get the soundtrack in. Oh, I yeah, bet. I saw that yeah. was a sixth of the budget just to get the music Damn. in. Yeah. Wow. But I've also saw this is like one of like Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies of all time. How does that make sense? Really? I saw that shit too. Really? Like, yeah. I mean, but some of his movies are bizarre and out there, so I guess it makes sense. <laughs> well, all right, the next. kids are going to speak now. <laughs> yeah, the old fuck over there in squares two and four. Oh, boy. Well, Alyssa, give me that score. Children, hmm. go ahead. We will speak now. Um, this movie, ah, I, I didn't see it young enough for it to be nostalgic. Um, I agree with what both of you said. JJ, I do think it's just an easy movie to watch. Something that if you pick up your phone like I caught myself doing and accidentally getting sucked into scrolling, you can put it down and not feel like you missed too much. You can still understand the movie. Um, I, like I said before, I love watching movies after people already have their fame and just going back to those those beginning movies those openers where they really had to prove themselves maybe when they're still trying to like figure out what is their best genre to be in or best type of character per, to portray um cast banging cast love it cars quotes movies don't need to say anymore past that top notch um i think it's a great movie but it's not one I'm going to be reaching for. Um, I'm not sure that it holds up for me as far as entertaining me and bringing me back in for that second go around. You know, I don't really have that urge to do that. So with that being said, I respectfully give this my second favorite number three. Three. Fair. Will. Fair. Brian, prove her wrong. <laughs> you're on you're asking the wrong person here because this is a this is a sticky situation here let's call it a hazy situation here being in the fourth slot Ooh. because i feel like i'm going to find myself repeating just about everything you guys said um grabbing chunks from all of y'all this is a not quite a nostalgic movie for me but it is for what it represents i absolutely can fall into this is an easy watch movie this is a turn your mind off you're just kind of rolling into the lives of the 70s but it has its flaws um this this film definitely captures that essence of youth that rebellion that we saw from the 70s um, we've got some very memorable characters as you said some amazing lines that are you know something i'm going to say forever now that i finally can say i've seen the movie that it belongs to uh but with that this movie definitely left me a tad uh well it's called dazed and confused because it took me 30 minutes to, A, figure out what the fuck's going on. JJ, come on, man. That was funny. That was a good one. 
not a dad yet, but I got the dad jokes. Uh, yeah, like there were so many characters, I could not keep them straight. It was just a bunch of long-haired white kids, you know? Like I could not freaking grasp with the characters. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot going on. There were times I kept wanting to reach for my phone. But I, I will say there was there was fun in this movie. It was enjoyable to, an, to a point. Uh, like Alyssa said, I won't be picking this movie, but I won't be turning it off either. If this stumbles on tbs or somebody has this on in their house i'm, I'm still gonna sit there and enjoy it so i'm gonna go a tad bit higher than Alyssa, but i don't quite think it's an average movie for me or a movie night movie anyway so i'm gonna go three and a half slices <clears throat> interesting so with my three and a half jj's five steve's five and Alyssa's three it's gonna bring us to a 4.13 movie which, oh my gosh, I know. All you guys are sitting there screaming in your cars, jumping up and down, walking your dog, saying, Brian, I need to know, where does this fall on that freaking too much meter? Overall meter, you know? Um, and I will say, folks, guess what? It is a one-of-a-kind at a 4.13. This movie's better than Ocean's Eleven at a 4, but not quite good as, uh, you know, the king, Rush Hour there, uh, the watching kick-ass. <laughs> It is much better than fucking the watch. Well, the watch, yes, but rush hour. Don't be nice, guys. Come on, and rush hour, definitely. It's <laughs> uh, funny. Very interesting. Very interesting score that this one got. You want to know else is a great score? The score for this movie. Oh man, so we're gonna this leave with some fog hat. Guys, thanks all. Hell for yeah, along. our listeners. We love to have you. Follow along. We've got it all over the place. Twitter, Instagram, uh, threads. We're even on YouTube. And soon, our Patreon page. Ready for you guys to help us out and see us come back. And more. Uh, show. So right.